Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. On today's episode, we're going to tackle how to choose and use your lawyer. Welcome, Mum. Hello, Laura. It's a very simple uh, introduction because we're really just going to be talking about how do you choose a lawyer, but also really importantly, which we've noticed heaps of people don't know about, there are different ways to use a lawyer. Yeah. I think people sometimes spend more time wondering which vacuum cleaner they'll get than they do. (laughs) On what lawyer? On what lawyer. And you have choices. Lawyers Mm. are just as different as vacuum cleaners. Yes. That is hilarious that you described lawyers as vacuum cleaners. Well, I won't go there, Mum. Yes. Okay. They suck. No. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't think that. So, no. So, there's lovely, <laughs> lovely lawyers out there. So, what we're going to talk about, Mum, is something that we talk about a lot on our webinars. Mm. If you're interested in coming along to our webinar, definitely go onto our website, www.thedivorcecourse.com.au, and you can click webinars and reserve your seat. It's free. Come along. We'd love to see you. You get to actually see our faces. But what we have noticed with a lot of people is they, a lot of people think there's only one way to use a lawyer, and that is you go there, you give them their information, and the lawyer does it. Yeah. I had, I had a nurse describe it to me once, like going in for an operation. Mm-hmm. You pay all your money, and then you're pretty well unconscious for most of it. Yes. And someone just pushes your trolley through the processes or pushes your bed through processes. Mm. But that's not right. That's not the way it can be. Yeah. You have to do it when it's a doctor and you're going to surgery, but you don't have to do it when you're using a lawyer. So that is what we like to call the first-class approach to using a lawyer. Yeah. And pretty much everyone, to start start with thinks that's how it's done. Yep. and But the problem with first class is it's blimmin' expensive. So look, mum, how many of your clients do you, well, in the past, percentage-wise, were first, cl- like used you as a first class lawyer? Like as in um, everything, you I, do everything. Yeah, I think they've I think they all pretty well wanted me to be a first-class lawyer, mm. but I made them do stuff themselves, yes. keep their costs down. Yeah. Yes. I think yeah. the difference with first-class, that analogy with the mm. first-class lawyer, is you don't know what the outcome's going to be and you don't know what they know. Mm. Uh, so you, there's no real checks and balances. Mm. And and I, I try to explain it in this analogy, and I use it a lot, is for the first-class lawyer, they're in the pilot seat of a plane in a locked room that you can't see and you're sitting in first class which is very luxurious and less stressful and you're not dealing with stinky feet and gross toilets and you're enjoying your life and you're getting along and you're you're going to your destination of getting finally divorced and property settlement and parenting orders done but the problem with first class is yes it's great you know it doesn't stink it's not stressful but then you land and that's when you get your orders at that destination. It could be something completely different that you didn't want and it still costs you a lot of money because you weren't directing the pilot. And worse than that, if they do get to the right destination, when you hop off, you'll see all those stinky feet people from, <laughs> from economy and they got there for thousands of dollars less. Yes, <laughs> yes. That is, that, and that's the thing, right? You, you're all going to the same destination. You all want to get your property orders and your parenting yep. orders, your consent orders sorted and done and done and dusted. And it, it, look, if you're willing to pay 
to get someone to do that. The only pitfalls you need to watch out for, like you said, mum, is you need to make sure your lawyer knows what what they need to know. Because, mum, you did say to me when people come into a a meeting with you, they're telling you their story and you're thinking in your head about what? I listen to their story and I'm applying in my mind Mm -hmm. what they tell me to the to the law to cases so so i do listen i try to control the talk a little bit but yes i i'm basically in the back of my mind going oh that's a 75 two factor or oh yes rob's case oh yes oh you were a step parent for your child oh rob's case that'll be okay so i'm i'm thinking all of those things you're trying to figure out processing it as you tell the story so you're thinking of cases the family law act section whatever 79 factors but all of that you're thinking all of that yep while they're telling you their story but the and that and that happens in in any way that you go through this you know mm. using your lawyer but if you aren't educated and you yourself don't know a bit about this and your lawyer doesn't ask you say for example i don't know an inheritance an inheritance the lawyer doesn't ask you about it mm. and you don't tell them mm. What happens? You miss out? That's right. That's right. Hopefully in the course of that discussion, of your discussion and giving instructions, your lawyer does take instructions about every little thing, but some things are really off the wall, like mm. very different, mm. and it may not come up. Mm. You know, uh, So when we're talking in property settlement and we do this in our course, we talk you through the contributions before, during and after and non-financial contributions and future need factors and all of this that comes to into the percentages. Yes. And we've got some great episodes on that if you'd like to listen to or you can do it in the course. So you guide everybody through that. And I remember as you were guiding us through it while we were recording it, I was like, oh, I never told my lawyer about that. You know, yes. so so there are things that I know that our members have written to us and said, well, because I did that, we then wrote, we told, I told my lawyer about it, and they were like, oh, great, I didn't ask you about that. So that is that is a that's a problem with having a first class lawyer and treating it as first class, and you not getting too involved. Stuff gets missed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that you are the expert on your life. Mm. You're the expert on your marriage, mm-hmm. and. You you might tell the story as the things that you see are important because you're the expert expert on your life. But unless you also educate yourself a little bit about the law, you may leave out important things mm. as factors that you know mm. that should be included and would result in a different outcome. And to be fair, when you're going through a divorce, you've got you're going to the lawyer for the first time. You are an emotional wreck unless you've got your A game on, you know, you're not thinking about financial stuff. Usually you're thinking about he did this or she did that. And then this happened and it was horrible. And then this door got closed and then this happened. So you're not even thinking about those kind of things. And if you could easily forget to not mention something. Easily forget. You're not being, you're not able to be strategic when you're got these big emotions, Mm. you know. Mm. Have you ever had anybody forget to tell you something? And you find out later and go, ooh. No, no. <laughs> oh, because you're a good lawyer? Okay. <laughs> no, but no, no. No? I, I, well, do you know what? I do remember uh, we had a practice in another country town and I went up one time for a visit with a client and within 20 minutes I realised that this was a horrendous domestic violence situation mm. and manipulative and controlling Mm. Uh, situation and was able to ask the questions to extract that information and get instructions. Uh, I think that the younger lawyer mm. 
missed the cues. Right. Well, to be fair, the client was astonished that mm. she was in a family violence situation because mm. of it was control. But, yeah, I think uh, I hope I haven't missed any. Yeah. I, I, when I do the affidavits for court or any case outline, I go through the sections of the Act mm. and I I often say this, don't get too fancy. That is, uh, even though I've been doing law and family law for over 30 odd years, mm. um, I still go back to the sections of the Act and put the relevant headings. And then if I have missed it, it didn't come up in conversation, when the client gets it and I go, inheritances, there were no inheritances, they'll go, oh, yes, there was. Yes. And then we can put it in. Great. And you, if you educate yourselves, if our listeners educate themselves, they will know then which things are important and which aren't. Mm. Can I tell you a little story? Please do. I was on a, a family law steering committee here in Brisbane. A steering committee? Yes, kind of like a consultative group. Right. They had solicitors, barristers and members of the court. Uh, We had a couple of sessions all together. How many lawyers does it take to steer a bus? That's what it sounds like. Anyway, yeah, go. (laughs) Well, we would conducted a survey Mm. uh, with a survey company and the the guy was providing his um, results, Mm -hmm. and they'd asked 20 questions. And he said, we we got to 20. It was before electronic stuff. Got to 20, and we had a bit of space left at the bottom of the page. Right. And so we said, anything else you'd like to tell us? Yeah. And he said, we couldn't believe it. They were like, they were hard copy, pages and pages stapled on the back of people just telling their story. Wow. And, you know, it was down to Tupperware and he did this and she did. Yep. And I don't think. And and what they found was that even if they had won in court, mm. if they didn't feel like the court knew the whole story, mm. then they didn't feel like justice was done. Right. So, so and I tell you that story because when you go to tell, talk to a lawyer, there is a big urge to spew it all out. Tell them everything. Tell them everything. Well, you're wasting a little bit of time and money mm. um, on that. And a little I, bit. Well, $600 a lot. an yes. hour. So, and, and so you don't know how to target in mm. on what you're telling them. Mm. So I encourage people listening. Google Family Law Act, Ausley, A-U-S-L-I-I is mm-hmm. the best searchable way of doing it. Have a look at your sections that are relevant to children and property and then you can zoom in on the inf- information you need to give your lawyer. Yeah, uh, because, that's true. Yeah. That, yeah, so because if you go in and you just give them everything, that you either have to give be in there for five hours and the lawyer sifts through everything or you don't give them everything and you only have an hour and you give them what you think is relevant. But I have realised a lot of people out there don't actually know what is relevant mm. and what the court cares about and what the court doesn't care about. And there's a lot of things that people breaking up care about, like cheating and you know all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to court, they're like, we don't care. We don't care about that. What's relevant are these issues. So if, what you're saying is if you educate yourself and you learn just reading it, going, oh, okay, the court cares about this, this and this, this, this and this, then, I, then you know, okay, I should tell my lawyer this, this, and this, 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 and this. Mm. So then you don't have an accident of of not finding out about something, but you also don't have the accident of them eventually finding it out but spending a million dollars just to have that big, long discussion with them. And that, I guess, takes us into that step-in, step-out way to use your lawyer mm. in the, or, or, you know, where you're educated, you know what to do, the basics, and then your lawyer kind of guides you. Is that yeah. what's yeah, I think that's a good scenario. So back on the analogies, we're doing yes. a lot of them. Uh, if, if you've got uh, someone 
comes in to do your bathroom, for instance, okay, mm-hmm. and they're at so much an hour and they could do the whole lot or you could be their labourer and you might t- carry some tiles and go and buy the sink yourself and all of these Well, things. you could rip out the bathroom. You, you could, could tear- smash all the, the <laughs> you know, that fun stuff where yeah. you demolish the bathroom. You could do that. Yeah. You don't need to be extra smart That's to right. demolish a bathroom. And, and that will reduce the costs of your bike, of the um, plumber, he or she, coming in and doing uh, the plumbery yep. stuff, the yep. hard stuff, you yep. know, and then you can do the painting. And that's step-in, step-outs like that. Mm. So you uh, normally would do your, uh, first of all, go and find out where you stand, that's what I say, and that's a good opportunity to look at that lawyer and say, do I like them or not? Do they mm. know their stuff or not? Mm. Uh, and then uh, you might, for instance, you do all the the documents that show getting copies of bank statements and things that you're going to give to your other party. Say, I'll do that. I'll get, I know how to, you know, do word. I can do hyperlinks. I'll collect all of that. Don't you worry about that. And when I've got it all done, I'll give you the link and then, you, you know, can do the rest. You can do the rest. So you, you're using the lawyer for just that step. And then you might say, say you had an interim hearing, a little hearing, and the, you take a lawyer for that because you probably need that if you're arguing a dependent hearing. And then at the end of it, you can say to your lawyer, and this is what we encourage people to do, is say, do you know what? I can handle between now and the next time we go to court. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll contact you two weeks out and I'll handle all these ridiculous letters about, you know, is it nine o'clock or 9.15, you know, and Mm. you haven't shown me this bank statement. So if you know what the law is, you can do those sort of easy things. You can do that ripping out the bathroom and carrying up the tiles. Mm. And when you've got to a point where it's getting too tricky for you or it's coming up to a hearing, uh, then you can get back with your, say to your lawyer, can you come back on the record now? Can you do the next two weeks with me or for me? Mm. And and that way, I think there's lawyers who don't, don't agree with it Mm -hmm. and there are lawyers who go I've I've heard some of our members say oh he said uh, if I'm going to be in it I'll be in it 100% and Mm. I'm doing all of it and and I said well I hope he said well I'm sorry I'll go somewhere else (laughs) but this step in step out is actually encouraged by the court now okay and I think yeah it's it and if you go back to the plane analogy you're the co-pilot. You're yep. sitting, and then when it comes to uh, stormy weather yep. or landing, you, you refer to the pilot because you don't have those skills. But sitting in an airplane, flying in the sky, just cruising along, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that. And if you've got a little bit of the education, it's not. It it can be a smarter way, and you can say, "Oh, by the way, pilot, we've just gone a little bit off course. I've just noticed. I've looked at the map. Can we go back, steer back in? You yeah, know, that's right. And 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 it's not. And I think, you know, people think, oh, gosh, getting divorced and doing property settlement, children's matters, that you'd have to be no law inside and out. It's so complex. But really, a lot of it, as I've discovered over time, and a lot of our members have discovered, you can do it, a lot of it yourself. Yeah. A lot of it yourself. And not everybody ends up in court either. So, you know, you can go and see the lawyer, find out where you stand, do a lot of the work yourself, help them with getting them to help you with negotiations and mediations, but you don't go to court and you settle outside of court. Well, the court has a big emphasis now on mediations. Mm. And so I think more than any time probably in the history of the court, you have a better chance of breaching a resolution at a mediation without having to go all the way through the court process to trial. Mm. So you do you think there's some lawyers that 
don't like it when they do the step out. Why do you think some lawyers don't like step in, step out? I do not know. Is it because they just want money? Well, maybe they've got some sort of personality thing that where they have to have control. Mm. But it beats me because okay. I would rather... Well, I don't want to do that sort of work. When I was, I hated that side of it. So boring. <laughs> Photocopying disclosure yeah, or, or emailing scanning links. things yes. and emailing links. And, yes. and so um, that's not what we went to law school for. Mm. Uh, what we went to law school for was to do the legal stuff, do the hearings, do the letters of offer, go to trials, you know, just negotiate in letters. But mm. yes, this boring stuff, and my age, I guess, but yeah. a lot of lawyers are much less computer savvy than their clients, mm. you know. Mm. And the cost to doing some of this stuff is so expensive. Well, like it, legal fees to do a photocopying. The secretaries. It's like uh, 50 cents a page or something yeah, stupid. That's right. And per, and the, your personal assistants usually do it. Yeah. It's not lawyers. So a lot of them have an hourly rate of their own and mm. they're not lawyers. Mm. So yes, it just dequ- depends on your appetite for doing it yes but you can sit there and pull that information usually off the internet Mm. and have it you know one one weekend when you haven't got the kids Mm -hmm. just get it all done you'll need it at some stage and you'll feel so good when you finally know everything Mm. you know like if you've been on the run with a relationship going south and and trying to run a house, do your job, maybe have kids. There are things you won't really have kept on top of. Mm. And as Pedro said, you know, you need to have your, you need to understand the old system and set up your new system and you'll feel so good. Well, and I think when you don't know something, you're, what one, you don't know what you don't know. That's right. And two, it can stress you out. Like I know we've talked about what ifs and turning them to so what's. The best way to turn a lot of these what ifs that you have about court and turning them to so what's is knowing what the process is, what the stage is, what the court cares about, you know? And I think that if if you're stressing and just it's so overwhelming, if you can have some step play in the process, if you know what's happening, what's coming up next, I didn't know that mediation was a thing. Like and which is hilarious because I was a what, a Queensland mediation champion in high school, and I've but, been doing mediation since nineteen ninety four. I didn't know that was part of the process. I didn't know that, and and you know I didn't know when that was coming up. I didn't even understand what disclosure was. I just I got emails from my lawyer saying send me a bank statement, so I'd send it, and I wasn't being proactive. It was all haphazard. It was constant. It was like a crazy roller coaster ride with a blindfold on, hmm. and I would have been a million times less stressed, my hair would have been a hundred percent less grey. If I'd known, okay, this is what happens next and this is and this is what they're looking for and this is what I should be doing, I would have felt so much better. Well also too, you would know how far along the track you are. Yeah. And you know, every I, I always say to, again, it's turning into women things again, but it's kind of like labor pains. I was about to say, <laughs> is that my so I was giving birth to my first daughter and I hadn't done the whole what do you call it? The, the whole the pregnancy, you thing, hadn't done the whole book, the whole course on how to how to give birth because she came quite early by sell cotton socks, but so she's completely fine now. But she came really early. I hadn't, I, I didn't tell anyone I was in labor because I thought I'd peed the bed. Turns out it was 
it was my birth. And so I I asked mum to go get the book thinking I'd have time in labour to read it. And I remember asking the midwife, the only thing I had learnt was they had these little pictures of the phases of your pain as you went through it. And I said, which picture am I up to? Am I up to messy haired, upset lady face yet? Like how far (laughs) through this am I? And when will I get to the end? I just wanted to know where I was in the process. I wanted the book, mum, so I could read it and know what I was coming next. And, and I, and well, you know, when I had my second child, I knew what was going to happen. It was way less stressful because in that moment, you're like, how long am I going to be in this pain for? And with divorce, it's the same thing. How long am I going to be going through this? But if you know the steps, if you educate yourself, listen to our podcast, do our course, you know, okay, well, the next step is going to be this. And if mediation fails, this is what happens next. And and this is what the disclosure I need to give. And this is what happens if they don't give disclosure. And all your what ifs go away. Yeah. And and you see where you are at. Mm. And and every stage, even though it's a big pain, mm. at least you say, all right, but I'm moving forward. Yes. And you can see your trajectory. Yes. So I, I've always talked to people uh, about the four-step process and, and just given them an over, overview mm. of how the court looks at properties, something like that, just so they can see. And I what's think a lot of lawyers hold. don't. Yeah. <laughs> you just walk in and you walk out and go, what did I just do then? What what happened? Yes. And why? <laughs> and why? I think that's the thing. You know why things are being done. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And then, and again, as you've said, Mum, if you understand all those people that wrote and felt cheated even though they'd had a trial, mm. if you understand the Family Law Act, if you understand what judges are looking for, if you understand the rules, you're more likely to settle because you're like if you've I think you've had this before where you've had clients whose exes don't have lawyers and they're just unrealistically holding out and it doesn't settle because they don't understand the law. I've had that and I've had that also with people who come in and they are adamant that this is going to happen in their property settlement and they're not budging. And if if they can have a realistic if I have a serious talk with them about the prospects of that point being successful or not mm. uh, people can give up the if something's unrealistic they can go oh that that sucks I really hate that but you know thanks for telling me now yes that it's not going to help me rather than waiting until we get I to find court, out in court yeah <laughs> and they the say judgment. well that's not legally allowed yes. or you're not entitled to that because yeah. of xyz and that comes back to know where you stand yeah so so that's step in step out and we will maybe talk about it a little bit more but so you do the lawyer does some of the work for you and you do the rest of the work how do you find a lawyer to do step in step out mum you're invited to our free webinar whether you're stuck at the beginning of deciding to divorce or you're struggling to find your way through the legal jargon and fear of the unknown of the legal process, we are here to empower you to take control. Join us to learn what steps you can take, followed by a live Q&A, where you get Lynn, my amazing mum, and family law accredited specialist to answer your questions. All you have to do is go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and click on Reserve My Seat. Register now for our free webinar to help you make the best decision for your future. We'll see you there. Hurry, spaces are limited, so don't miss out. Register today. How do you find a lawyer to do step in, step out, mum? Like, what do ask you ask? Them. What do you ask? Ask them if they'll do step in, step out. Most people sort of understand that. Yeah. And, and explain to them if they don't know. If they don't know what it is, they probably don't do it. Mm. But you need to say to them things like, 
I, I will only need you for the court appearances and if I get in strife mm. um, or if something comes through, but I'd like you to uh, stay off the record for the other side and just I'll come and talk to you when I need some help with things mm. and then have maybe if you end up in court or if you want to be represented at a mediation, then they can come on board. Mm. And that that kind of, yeah, if they won't do that, if they want 100% control of the case, then they're not lo- the lawyer for you. Mm. And, I, and I think, you know, if you do want first-class lawyer, then go for it, but keep an eye on the ball. If you don't want first-class because, you know, you, you want to be in a little bit controlled, the bonus of that is the costs. Because if you have a manipulative and controlling ex and you're bombarded with legal letters and you can listen to that episode where we talk you through some strategies on that, every letter they write to your lawyer costs you money. Every letter. It costs a lot of money because not just the cost to read it Mm. and like it it could be a long letter, but also then your lawyer needs to send it to you with some advice. You give instructions, then your lawyer has to give respond back to them with Mm. the letter. And so you're playing ping pong with letters Mm. uh, and none of them just cost for one letter. It's it's two letters at a minimum, possibly three. And what's that roughly around well, $200? Yep, I'd say so. $50 a letter? And that's only if they're short. Right. Yeah. So in, in this situation, if you do have a manipulative and controlling and they are sending letters all the time and it's costing you $50 a pop just for the lawyer to read it, let alone to respond and talk to you and ask what they want to do, you could say, hey, can we do the step in, step out? I don't want to rack up my legal fees because that is a classic tactic. Narcissists and high manipulative and controlling people yep. to to run you out of legal fees, so you run out in the end. Yep, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think I need a disclaimer here: that fifty dollars to read a letter—that's just an estimate, like a thing. Yeah, uh, because most lawyers charge on six-minute units. Okay, and if their hourly rate then is. Five hundred dollars. Then six minutes is one tenth of an hour, so that's fifty dollars. Right. But they will then charge fifty dollars for each of those three letters. That's one hundred and fifty dollars plus GST. Jeez. So one sixty-five, and it might have only been a very brief letter because most lawyers charge for a six-minute or part thereof. Mm. So if it goes into seven minutes. There are some firms who, and it's quite within their rights with the cost agreement, to to charge you two units for that. So that would be $100. I had to point this out, Mum. It is the weirdest metric, like six-minute units. It's is, one, one-tenth of an hour. It I makes know, the maths easier. weird. I, anyway. But always th- like that. So, so what you've got to be so careful in racking up those bills yep. and, and keeping an eye on that. And ask for bills every week mm-hmm. because with the current, uh, everyone's got accounting software now, or they, I think nearly everyone does, <laughs> and all they have to do is push a button. Yes. Uh, in the old days, you'd wait until the file was about six inches thick and then you'd send it off to a special firm to cost it. Oh, really? And then you'd send your client a bill for $30,000. Holy. Or whatever. So you now you can get a cost every week, a, a, cost, a bill every week. And then it's safer and better for you to know where you're up to. Yes. Look, if you're having get a, a bill at the if end, you're having a birthday that. party for someone, and you've got to spend extra money next week. Well, don't go. Don't call your lawyer. Don't call your lawyer for <laughs> um, that week. You know, yeah. unless you really, really need to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so pe- I, th- I do think people put their head in the sand with lawyers and they just go, well, this is the process. And it does seem to be a weird profession where it's not like they've got their prices on the walls or, mm. you know, a menu. And Because it is, I guess, 
there's so many different elements to what a lawyer does. It would be hard to, but you've got to try and get as much transparency as possible. And that hourly rate is the key Okay, to find out what an hourly rate is. Sometimes, like I was just thinking about our knee operation. We were talking about gold Mm. class. Uh, At least with this one, with step in, step out, you can say, hang on a minute, I'll pay for the anaesthetic this week yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then next week we'll do the knee. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And it, it is, look, it's really, oh, and particularly if you are the one that's been, I don't know, frozen out of the property mm. for the moment and you are fighting to get that property back, but at the moment you're struggling with money, you have to be really clever about these things. Yep, you yeah? have to be realistic. Yeah, often... Uh, it's really sad sometimes. Often people have been like working in the business and mm. and then suddenly they're on the outside looking in. Mm. And I know we shouldn't do it, but there still is a feeling amongst some of the older lawyers, not me, male lawyers, that the men should continue the business and, mm. you know, and that just because the woman uh, who raised the kids and did all the books for the business, that, that she doesn't sort of somehow count. Mm, that's terrible. It, we've got a long way to go, but we've come a long way. Yeah, yeah. So the third way you can use a lawyer. Mm. The third way you can use a lawyer is the legal look. Yes. So I used to call it legalised, but mum, you said that sounds too much like legalised marijuana. So we're changing it to legal look. Yep. And we have a lot of our members do this legal look. And can you talk us through what the legal look way is to use a lawyer? So the legal look way is kind of you're riding the bike, but they're the training wheels. So (laughs) you do do the work and then you check with the lawyer. Right. uh, To make sure the orders are correct or what you're asking is feasible. So you get a step in, step lawyer, a step out lawyer on on, um, your side, Mm -hmm. uh, give them a retainer, and then they stay completely in the background and you do everything and then you go in to get the work checked. Right. So and so, that's really so like helpful. you would write your consent orders or you'd write your what your proposed orders are. You would do all the negotiating. Yep. But you see them first to find out where you stand. Yes. So you see them once to find out where you stand. Yes, you do. And then you see them the second time. When you've drafted your orders. Once you've got your orders. And sometimes if you end up in mediation, but you like in mediation, there's quite a lot of uh, pressure, I guess, um, to finalize things. Mm. And I'd encourage you then to ring that lawyer when you're in the mediation just to run a few things by them. They've got your case, you've taken in your sheets. If you take statements and chronologies that mm-hmm. we talk about in the course, uh, in they've got the basic history, and you should be able to ring them because I do that with my clients. I, when I used to yeah. uh, say to them, you do if you want to do your mediation, fine, that's good. But like if you get stuck, I'll be here. I'm working in the office today, so yeah. give me a call and I'll try and get back to you. Yeah, and and that way um, they just saved a lot of money. If you take a lawyer in and sit in the court, uh, sit at a mediation all day, all day, and and some lawyers you're you're paying half the mediator's fees already. If mm. you take a solicitor, in some cases a barrister, uh, then. It's like eye watering. You're paying mm. like $1,500 an hour. Oh my gosh. To sit in there and to fight with your ex with or to negotiate with your ex. And you used to do that for free. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, Legal Eyes <laughs> is where you educate yourself enough to be able to run your own case, but you keep someone who's got the experience. Exactly what you've said before, Mum, is for the legal look, you always get the lawyer to look before you sign anything. Absolutely, and that's why I mentioned the mediation yeah. thing. So, yeah. yeah, just go and get them to see in case there's hidden traps because if 
like I said, the Family Law Act has been around a long time and we know some of the tricks and traps that can happen. Mm. And the lawyer for your ex is not going to put in the protections for you mm. that your lawyer might put in for you. Like you might want to sign something that says that they're going to, you're going to transfer the house to them and they're going to give you money and you go, oh, that's great. That's exactly what I wanted. But when you look at the document, it says that. Mm. But does it say... What if he can't get the money? What when's this happening? What's the default orders that right. need? So, so you need a lawyer who thinks like a lawyer to, to look <laughs> over your orders. Yeah, you don't want a lawyer that doesn't think like a lawyer. That would be bad. We, uh, yeah, we're kind of yeah. So yeah. the word devil's advocate means devil's lawyer, <laughs> and and we're kind of yeah. But what if he does this? And what if house prices go down? What are you yes. going to do? What do you? And so make sure the orders are comprehensive, mm. so that they're enforceable mm. and they're real. You yeah, can, what you can count on them. What, can you do this step in, step out, or legal look if the other side has lawyers? Can yeah. you still represent, basically represent yourself yeah. and say, "I'm representing myself," or "My lawyer's not involved anymore"? They won't. They they get snaky about it sometimes. So what you need is your lawyer to write to them and say, "We're not. In, we we're not acting mm-hmm. um, at the moment." Please send all correspondence. Send all correspondence direct. Yeah. To to our client. Yeah. And her email address is this. Yeah. yeah. And then that way, you can write letters to the other side. Yeah. But it doesn't cost you a cent. It costs them. And it costs them. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. I, I'm sure none of our listeners would no. write big, long letters just to no. cause pain. No. Uh, it, it's not worth it. But Remember, you're hoping to negotiate with this person. Yes. Yeah. Don't cheese them off. No. So so really, it's it's it sounds simple, but I, people didn't realise and I didn't realise that you do have these options. You yeah. can just have a legal look lawyer who just has a little look at your situation at the beginning, tells you what you're probably entitled to, and then another time looks at what you're offering or looking at what you're about to sign, and that's it. And that would cost not much. No. Then you've got your step-in, step-out lawyer where you are educated yourself like you are with the legal look and you know a lot of what needs to be done And but that lawyer helps you when you need the help. Well, if there's no way you can stand up and run an interim hearing yourself, if, yes. you, if you feel you couldn't do that, then you get the lawyer to come yeah. on those bits. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the first class where you just write it along. But even if you do choose the first class lawyer approach where the lawyer does everything for you, I think mental health wise, if you know what's coming and you know what to expect, it does take a little bit of the fear of the unknown away as well. I think so. I think knowing there is an end in mm. sight. And anyone who's listening to this, every case I've ever done ends at some point. It's just a question of how long it takes and how much it costs you. Yes. So you will get out of it. Mm. But with if you educate yourself, mm. um, demolish your own bathroom or whatever, legal education only, <laughs> disclaimer, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, you can be smart about it and you'll look back. You won't only uh, look back and go, gee, I'm glad I fought for what I was entitled to, but you'll also be able to say, gee, I'm glad I did a lot of that work myself mm. because I'd rather this extra money in my pocket for yeah. the children. And how many people in our webinars have said, oh, my goodness, I've already spent $200,000. I've spent... I've spent my entire savings and we're still not finished and now I do have to do it on my own. So one of the things, if you are listening and you're at the beginning and you are thinking about choosing a lawyer, have a look at how much you are willing to spend on lawyers and let your lawyer know. And don't waste it all. And don't waste it at the beginning because that is the biggest 
boo-boo we see, isn't it, yeah, Mum? People is. just, they spend all their money in those letters backwards and forwards in negotiating, but really the, the first initial dramas, but yeah. not the big stuff. It's like going to the hospital, having a private room, having someone else do your meals, uh, change the sheets, wheel you down to the to the surgery, and then you have to do your own surgery because you've run out of money. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, you do need to. How much are you prepared to spend and at what stage are you going to need to spend And if you it? want to use the plane analogy, and this would terrify me, you're sitting in first class, you're halfway to, I don't know, a, a, what's a, what's a lovely place? Half, halfway to Greece, you're about to land, and then the pilot comes in and says, really sorry, ma'am, but you've run out of money. <laughs> you're going to have to land the plane. And that would be terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. I would rather be half piloting the plane in the air and not landing. Now, Mum, there was one other thing you really wanted to mention today to anyone yes. listening who maybe can't afford a lawyer mm. And or they have got to this point where the pilots come in and said you've got to land the plane, and the, the, basically the lawyer said I can't act for you. You can't afford to pay me for the trial. Yes. What is it that you want people to know? I want everyone to know that if there has been have been allegations of domestic violence mm-hmm. or an order for family violence that there's been violence in the relationship, the Family Court now Federal Circuit and Family Law Act. Uh, Family Court of Australia have uh, changed. They changed the Family Law Act so that under Section One Zero Two, Capital N Capital A, if you in a DV situation or have been, uh, you can have a lawyer appointed for you. You a barrister and a solicitor usually, free free for the purposes of the trial, so that the court will make an order that legal aid in your state will pay for a lawyer and a barrister, to do the actual uh, trial. And that's because they've recognised how awful it is for a person who's come out of a DV situation, family violence situation, to have to question their abuser or worse, I think, be Be sitting in the witness box and be questioned by the abuser. And it's really interesting how many abusive, alleged abusive people Mm. don't want to have a lawyer, they the they trial. say I don't want it. I don't want to have it. I'm happy to cross examine her or him. The court will insist. Mm. So they they never get to have another go at you, and you don't have to. Because how can justice come out if you if you've got other things going on? Mm. So section one hundred two capital N capital A, um, and the court will appoint that if you ask them. Uh, they it's they've got discretion, of course. If they think you can afford a lawyer, they probably won't. Yeah. It's important. I think it's not being used enough because a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, and it doesn't mean they'll be doing your documents or anything like that. It just means they'll be there on the day yeah. to help with cross-examination and representing. Pretty well. They yeah. get about 15 hours each. So so in your plane analogy, yes. or when the surgeon comes in and says, you haven't got enough money to continue, yes. uh, then you can say, oh, but I get a free one from this yeah. and your next pilot does the landing for you. and the, you. The, the surgeon will finish off the operation. But hopefully, if you have listened to this, then you will do the step in, step out, or the legal look, and then you won't run out of money at the end. And you, you know, but like mum said, a lot of people don't get all the way there, but mum has noticed that a lot of people do run out of money before they get to the nitty gritty. Well, look at mediation. Yeah. So a lot of people in our court who do our course, the DIY Divorce Blueprint, Mm. are doing our course because they have run out of money and they wish they'd done it 
before. And I think a big problem is this disclosure discovery thing Mm -hmm. where your lawyer is being paid to ask for a document. Well, we want the bank statements from this month, this year, and then the other lawyer sends a link to that bank statement. So there's a lot of money lost in the disclosure process where you could have said that, oh, Mm. this bank statement's missing, I'll ask for that bank statement. Yes, yeah. So we're thinking smart about using lawyers, especially in this time of, you know, economic turmoil and inflation and cost of potatoes, (laughs) cost of chocolate. No, chocolate hasn't gone up. Chocolate's always cheap. But so, yeah, I think if if you want to be savvy about it, guys, try to just have a little think on this. Educate yourself. Listen to our podcast. You know, try and figure out what it is that you can do yourself. But, you know, Always get a lawyer to check before you sign anything and you can come along and do our course. We are opening up the course in the next couple of weeks. It'll be uh, open for enrolments. We've got a limited amount of seats, a limited amount of people that can come or you can come to our free webinar and you can learn some stuff from mum there. But thank you, mum, for giving your time to everybody today and good luck to anybody who is choosing a lawyer and using a lawyer. lawyer. (laughs) I love it. I'll give that. Mum came up with that one. Good job, (laughs) mum. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.